listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. One of my favorite uh, subjects to talk about, we're going to be talking about today, which I really, really, I'm a strong believer in this. And and the reason I got this in my spirit today is, um, you know, we're in a new year. We're in a new month, and um, anytime there's that period, as you know, where we cross over, people get this, um, you know, they get this, this uh, drive to start fresh, to start new, and um, Britt Lukens, and she's in Albemarle right now, and there is Pastor Rhonda Spencer from Corinne's house, baby Ezra's room. I love it. Hey, Lisa and Dave. Um, as you guys are sharing it, let me say this. Anytime people cross over, <clears throat> there's this drive to start fresh, start new, make you know resolutions at the beginning of the year, all of that. And I wanted to talk about, you saw the title. The title said, your time is running out. Your time is running out. Uh, and I wanted to deal with this thought today uh, because for me, it's one of the most important things that you could ever set your focus on, especially as a believer. But even if you're not a believer, it really is. Uh, And we're going to deal with it today. Um, I feel like there's so many people who could actually be doing more for the Lord. They could actually be far more blessed than they are, um, far more impactful and efficient than they are. But the devil obviously does not want you to be. No question about that. He doesn't want you to be. But today we're going to talk about something that the Bible commands or even encourages that will cause you to be extremely productive, extremely effective, extremely blessed. Um, Before we jump in, Erica said on Facebook, which Bible commentary or reference study guide uh, would you suggest if I wanted to dive deeper into the word? It's a great question, Erica. Uh, My answers to you would be this. Um, I've, we've really been loving the life application study Bible, really enjoy the notes on that, uh, to go deeper in your study. We send that to our partners, um, in a genuine leather edition. I also keep with me at all times, the Dakes notes on the Bible, which it's a Dakes study Bible written by Finnis Dake, beautiful notes. And then thirdly, I really, really enjoy this new, it's relatively new now, uh, the new English translation with translator's notes. And I think there's like 60,000 notes, Erica, uh, on that study Bible. So those three resources, and by the way, for anybody that is um, watching right now, you'd like to go deeper and have more resources available to you. Um, I don't know if they can type this in the comments, which would be really helpful, but if you were to go to miracleword.com forward slash study, if they could put that URL in the comments for everybody, miracleword.com forward slash study. We have tons of resources for you guys there, multiple videos um, that will help you go deeper in your Bible study and your devotional time. And I, we talk about all of those resources on that page and in those videos. And of course, as you guys know, right now, we're doing the Bible in 90 days. So uh, it's a perfect time to go deeper in your Bible study. Morning, Isaiah. Love you, man. And so uh, great question, Erica. Uh, those two are really, really, really good. And uh, Those three, I should say. That, that, um, that life application or not the life of the new English translation with the translator's notes, that thing is like, it's next level. It's really next level. I mean, like it blows me away to see, because for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, this is what they decided to do basically is that they decided to make a new translation of the Bible that had no copyright on it. So anybody could use it for study or whatever. And then what they did 
is they said, well, while we're doing this, we might as well kind of have behind the scenes somebody make notes on why we're making all of these decisions in translation. It's really eye-opening. One of my favorite, favorite tools right now is the new English translation with translator's notes. So I, I recommend that people get those. I think they'll help you a lot, definitely, especially if you don't speak, write, or read Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic, or Latin. It will help you immensely. Um, let's jump in, um, and thanks for those that are sharing it. Thanks for those that are joining us today. Um, I'm glad you're on. I want to talk about this. We said your time is running out as the title. I'm talking about like Bible-inspired time management, what that does. I'm going to break this down because this is so important. I can't even begin to tell you um, how many people that I've seen or come across that literally have wasted so much time and are continually wasting so much time in life, in their lives. And it's not that they're not anointed. It's not that God's not uh, called them or using them. It's simply that they are not uh, diligent when it comes to their uh, time management. I sometimes wonder, like I've talked to, um, I've talked to pastors and, you know, I'm like, okay, I see what your staff, I see the staff you have. I see who's working with you. Um, my question is like, why are you employing a youth pastor that's on staff for 40 hours a week with full-time pay and whatever else you're giving him? And literally that's the only thing he does. Like, for most, unless you have like a thousand member youth group, you don't need to have a full-time uh, youth pastor getting full-time salary. And the key is, unless they're doing something that's multitasking, covering a lot of different bases, because what ends up happening is this, is that you got a guy who basically his responsibility is to speak once a week to the youth maybe do some youth uh, hangouts or some youth trips or whatever. That doesn't take 40 hours a week uh, to, to put that stuff together. And so what ends up happening is churches are even uh, inefficient in uh, their staffing and, and it forces poor time management because once all your work's done, most people are not go-getters. Most people are not self-motivators. And so you know what you're going to do? After all your work is done, what are you going to do? Sit around and browse the internet. Sit around and look at fantasy football stuff. Sit around and watch YouTube videos. And, and it, most people aren't going to push themselves to do more. And so it's actually, people are um, truly uh, empowering poor time management. They're, they're, they're empowering poor time management. Uh, so I want to deal with this today because this is your most powerful um, tool, I would say, to keep yourself in a place of productivity. Because listen to me, every believer uh, has the Holy Spirit. Not every believer is baptized in the Holy Ghost. I get that. But every believer does have the Holy Spirit living inside them. The Bible teaches us that. And so what I want to show you today is it's not that uh, having the Holy Spirit's not available to you. It's that most people don't do what's necessary in order to uh, utilize the power they have from the Holy Ghost. And so that's why I wanted to take, take the time to talk about this today. It is your tool to be blessed. It is your tool to be productive. It is your tool to make an impact. And, that's, and that is important. I mean, it couldn't be more important than it is. You know, let's say, for example, that you're unhappy with your job, your current job. You know, let's say you work your job you know, seven, eight hours a day, but you're just unhappy with uh, the job that you're currently working. But you know what? You're anointed. You've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And that, if that's the case, you have access to God ideas. You have access to the mind of Christ. And if you do, then let's think about this for a minute. If you do have access to the mind of Christ, then guess what? All creativity is available to you. We were talking about this um, this morning uh, with, with our team at the house is, and we were talking, the kids video that's coming out, we're going to be talking about creativity, but one of the things that we have to realize is, 
you don't have to uh, grab creativity or you don't have to like, uh, well, I'm going to have to become creative. You have creativity inside your spirit already. Why? Because you have been created in the likeness and in the image of God. Let me, let me break this down. The Bible says that um, in the beginning, God created. He's a creator. He's the creator. In the beginning, God created. He's the creator. But then what did he do? He, made, he said, let us make man and woman in my, our image and in our likeness. So the creator made you in his image, which means he made you a creator, which then also means, if you look at it, that he gave you the mind of Christ, the Bible says. So now you're not just created with a creative nature. You've got access to the mind of Christ, which means you have access to all creativity. There's nothing that you cannot do. There's nothing you can't learn. There's nothing you can't accomplish in Christ. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You can, in fact, the Bible tells us that we have the Holy Spirit, 1 John, who teaches us all things. Glory to God. Man, this right here will stir you up. This will stir you up. You have uh, the ability, he teaches you all things, so there's nothing you can't learn. There's nothing you can't learn. I see my friend Evan Dedio. Love you, buddy. That's it. Creative potential is in me. You know you've been created in the likeness and image of God. You have what he has. He didn't create you to be a failure. He created you to be extremely successful. Extremely successful. And so I want you to see this now. And thank you for helping me with that, uh, with the, the YouTube comments as well. Um, you're created to be extremely successful, without question. And so as we break this down, the only thing then that's holding you back is what you do with your time, right? The only, and you don't have to put my, you can actually put those side by side because I don't need, I don't have to see the screen. I don't have to see the camera shot. Um, you, is what, the only thing holding you back is what you do with your time, right? And so one of the things that really stirs me up to know is that I literally can be as successful <coughs> as what I do with my time. Think about that for a minute. Stop and think about that. Put it in the comments. I can be as successful as what I do with my time. Think about that. I see that uh, my friend Ben Foles watching right now. He and I went to lunch um, last week, talked about this. We talked about this very subject at lunch, that most people are not very efficient with their time. And people that are extremely productive, they need to make more time available to themselves. And so that's why, and I'm going to deal with this in a moment, that's why the devil works so hard to waste your time. Man, catch that. Devil works so hard to waste your time. Why? Because he knows that with the power that you've got and the ability that you've got, that literally you can be as successful as what you do with your time. <laughs> That's why time wasters are killers. They're killers. The devil doesn't want you to have sufficient time to do what you're called to do. So he'll actually send people to waste your time. Hmm. Think about this for a minute. The devil will send people to waste your time. Let me, uh, let me show you that in the scripture. Very interesting. Huh. And, and if some of you that are watching, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're like, you know what? I know a few of those people right now. <laughs> and it's actually very true. The devil will send people into your life for the sole purpose of wasting your time. And it's sad. It's very sad. Turn to Proverbs um, let's go to Proverbs 13. 
Proverbs 13, the first place I want you to go. And I love it. And I'm going to have you go also to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 4. Proverbs 13. And we'll read that, and then we're going to look at Nehemiah 4. Proverbs 13 is an interesting, and we're going to go through a couple of different Proverbs today. I'm sorry, it was Nehemiah 6. Let me read you Proverbs 13 first. Proverbs 13 and verse 4. Listen to this. Powerful. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. That is the verse for every hustler out there. That's the verse for every hustler in the kingdom. Those that are willing to be diligent. And you know what I'm, it's crazy to me? Is that sometimes, and, and listen, be very careful when you hear stuff like this. Now, I've given words to people, and I know it's the Lord, that, man, and I believe I even gave Ben this word when I was, was there, and I do it when the Lord tells me to where I've told people, you'll actually do less and have more. But it's not because God wants you to be lazy. That's not the word. That's not the word. The word is, many times we're doing things that are literally just spinning our wheels. Or we're getting involved with grunt work that's actually causing us to be less productive than if we would just focus on the things that cause us to take off. And so the devil will send situations and people to try to waste your time while you're in the middle of your purpose. Danger. It's dangerous, man. It's dangerous. And so I want to show you this because I don't want you to be caught in the trap of having this happen in your life because I know the people that watch um, the Victory Tribe, extremely anointed and very productive people. I know many of you on this broadcast. I know you personally, and I know you're creative and you are productive. And I don't want to see this happen to you. But listen to this now. And I'm actually going to go to Nehemiah 6. And um, listen to this. Now, you know the story of Nehemiah, right? Nehemiah had this calling. He had this pull in his spirit. He was working as cupbearer for the king. He was like one of the high high-end guys in the, in the king's court, but he's, got, he's dejected and he's sad because he looks to uh, Jerusalem and sees that the gates and the walls are broken down. And he has this drive to rebuild the walls, to rebuild the walls. And so it, the king's like, why are you so sad all the time? Why are you so dejected? And he finally tells him, that he's got a heart to see it rebuilt. And then the king says, go and do what's in your heart. And he gets the people together for this project to rebuild the walls of the city of God. But when it is found out by their enemies, I love this. When their enemies find out that he's going to be rebuilding, they plan an opposition. And obviously they plan to kill him which is the ultimate time waster. (laughs) Can't work if you're dead. But notice this. Three men, Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies. This is Nehemiah 6. I'm starting in verse 1. Starting in verse 1. Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I'd finished rebuilding the wall, that no gaps remained, though we had not yet set up the doors and the gates, So Sambalat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them in one of the villages in the plain of, oh, no. That's what the Bible says. That should have been a sign, Barrett. When people want to meet you, when people want you to meet them in a place called, oh, no, it's probably a bad sign. But I realized they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending this message 
to them. Catch it. I am engaged in a great work. Hallelujah. So I cannot come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? See that right there. That's one of the most empowering things that you'll begin to understand about guarding your purpose, guarding your time, guarding your calling. Amen. (laughs) You have to guard it. I want you to put this in the comments right now. I must guard my purpose. I must guard my purpose. So important. Hey, Jeff, love you, buddy. I must guard my purpose. It's what Nehemiah was doing. He wasn't just saving his own life. He was guarding his purpose. I'm working right now. I'm taking care of the Lord's plans. I'm taking care of God's city. I don't have time to come off the wall and meet with you. I don't, there's people, literally, let me tell you something. They don't even have any kind of, I'm trying to think of the best word, maybe Barrett the wordsmith can help me. Um, they don't care. They, have, they, 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 they take no care. They don't respect, but I'm trying to think of a better word than that. They don't respect your time. Um, it's very disrespectful. They don't even care about uh, the work you're doing. The, you know, there's people that'll call you up You know, they'll call your phone and they don't even ask, hey, do you have a minute? Is this a good time? They'll just launch right in to whatever it is that they want to talk about, to what they're saying. They'll keep you on the phone 45 minutes or an hour without even caring about it. Uh, Well, better, you know, and then you're, you have to be the one that's like, hey, well, I'm going to, I got to let you go. I got things going. Literally, because you want to be kind. You want to be gentle. And you don't want to be disrespectful and you don't want to be rude. But at the same time, it's like, hey, I got stuff going on. Don't just call blow up my phone for an hour. I've got things going. I do have an actual life and I'm working towards what God's called me to do. And it blows my mind because there's people that will call you up and they won't even ask and say, hey, is this a good time to talk? You got a few minutes and they just launch right in. That's a time waster who has no regard for your time or for your calling, your purpose. And it's disrespectful. There's a lot of people, thanks, Brother Ryan, I'm just literally not answering. I'm not, and there's other people I've, I've put on the block list. And that's not unkind. It's just like, I cannot do what God has asked me to do and give access to everybody. This is a lesson I'm going to help you with today because this will help you guys a lot, a lot. If you feel as though what God's called you to do is important, and it is. Listen to me, it is. Don't ever, hold on a second, let me backpedal for a minute. Let me start by saying, in this case you're wondering, what you're called to do is important. Your purpose, your calling, it is important. God wouldn't have gave it to you if it wasn't important. It is important. You're important. You know, one of the reasons people allow their time to be wasted, they don't feel they're important. They don't feel what they're doing is important. Let me just be the one to tell you, if nobody else has, it is important. You are important. Amen. God didn't anoint you for no reason. He didn't call you for no reason. That's right, Barrett. Dishonoring your time out of ignorance. That's exactly it. And that's the key. So so hear what I'm saying. First thing that needs to be set in stone, I'm important. The work God's called me to do is important. It's not a joke. You know, one of the things I remind myself constantly is when I get to heaven and stand before the Lord, there will be no one else who has to answer for the work that I was called to do except me. God's not going to say, well, you know, I did call you to do that, but I do realize those people called you every single day and wasted three hours of your time. He doesn't care. He called me to do what he called me to do. I'll either get it done or I won't get it done. And then I will answer to the Lord myself for what he called me to do, whether I did it or didn't do it. So in that context of thinking, I now have to be very guarded about how much Time I'm allowed to give other people. It's not that I don't love people. I love people. I would not have come into the, gone into the ministry 
if I didn't love people. Of course I do. And I know you do. But understand, you have to be very careful and be very guarded. Do you notice Jesus um, got up, the Bible says, early before the dawn? Did he take his disciples with him? No. Went out into a solitary place by himself. Why? He needed that time for him to get with the Father, get a download from heaven to minister to those he was going to minister to that day. That wasn't the time for all of his disciples to get around with cups of coffee and telling jokes. Oh, did y'all see that show last night on TV? It's not the time. I need to be apart from you. Now, that's his inner circle. That's his 12. I need to be apart from you. I need to get with the Lord. Don't waste my time right now, right? Very important that you see that. Even Jesus separated. He'd leave his disciples behind. He'd go into the mountains, pray through the night, Luke 6. Very important. Alexis, I would recommend an ESV or an NLT to you. And so what, what you have to do is that you have to guard your purpose, guard your time. Very important. And see, here's, yeah, Letty put in the comments, use do not disturb more often. I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. And uh, Miss Sherry Barbie's on. She knows. She, her and her husband are the leaders of the house of God. Everybody wants to encroach upon your time. Doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they may not understand fully what it takes to accomplish your purpose. And when we're not we're not condemning people with this. We're saying some people just don't understand what it takes. And the nicer of a person you are, the harder it is, harder it is to say no. You know, so, you know, people just want to stand around and shoot the breeze with you. I don't have time to shoot the breeze. I grew up in that culture in West Virginia. I grew up in West Virginia where everybody's nice. Everybody wants to wave to you on the street. They want to walk up to you as you're getting your coffee, whatever it might be. And everybody wants to come up and just shoot the breeze. That's a term that if you're not country, you may not understand that, but you probably do. They just want to come and shoot the breeze with you. That, I don't have time to stand around for 35, 40 minutes and shoot the breeze. I got stuff going on. We're doing things. That, that's actually true. AJ said, they won't be upset. They'll find someone else to waste time with. That's exactly right. Let me, <clears throat> hey, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something to help you right now. This is a tidbit I learned from growing up in the country. This is a Southern thing. This is a country thing. Uh, here's a phrase that you can use, whether you're on the phone or whether you're in person talking to somebody, uh, that they won't stop talking. And uh, you got to get out of there. You got things to do. Let me give you a phrase that us country people know that we've grown up using. You ready for it? Let me let you go. <laughs> hey, let me let you go. That right there will help you. It will help you immensely. Put it in the comments. Let me let you go. <laughs> Works just like this. All right, man. Well, let me let you go. Don't even give him time to respond. I'll give you a, well, let me let you go. I love you, buddy. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bam. I'm free. Hey, let me let you go. Ava, use it in the Northeast. I believe you can do it. Let me let you go. <laughs> and let me tell you, do what you can, but don't allow the Sambalat Tobias of life bring you off your wall. See, first you got to determine what is my wall? What's God called me to build? What's God called me to do? What am I supposed to be on? Amen. And then you stay on it. And notice again, we're in Proverbs 13. Let me read that again to you. Proverbs 13, 4. Mark this up in your Bible if you've got a highlighter and a pen. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Richly. Richly. This is the ESV. Uh, if you... If you are, what do you have, NLT? Yeah. What does it say? Lazy people want much but get little, but those who prosper work hard. No, those who work hard will prosper. That's right. Lazy people want a lot and get nothing. <laughs> but those who work hard will prosper. Same thought. And so here's, here's the key. 
the key is, and don't ever get one of these words where it's like, you know, if you, if you truly walk, it's like, there's never going to be a time God does not expect productivity from you or diligence from you. I, I get these people, I hear these extreme pros, and, and I, listen, I, I am truly as prosperity as you can get, but prosperity doesn't come from nothing. I just read it to you in the Bible. Prosperity doesn't come from nothing. It comes from seed sowing, comes from diligence. Comes from seed sowing, comes from diligence. Let me just say this. Your seed sowing does not alleviate you from your diligence. Just because you sow seed doesn't mean God doesn't expect diligence. It's not one or the other, and they're not mutually exclusive. Well, you know, I sow, so I don't have to work hard. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible does not teach that. Your seed sowing does not alleviate the need for diligence in your life. You've got to do both. You've got to sow, and then you've got to go. You've got to sow, and you've got to go. You've got to sow, and you've got to go. You've got to sow. Just try it if you want to. Keep sowing and stop going to work. Keep sowing and stop doing a good job. Keep sowing and do less. You've got to give some God something to work with. Sow and go. Sow and go. That's what, that's what this is about. What do you think? This stopped applying? You think this verse stopped applying in the New Testament? The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. While the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Richly supplied. Richly supplied. Let me go back to Proverbs 6. One of my favorite passages here. Proverbs 6, 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in the summer, gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Hallelujah. Want like an armed man. Glory to God. Pastor Rhonda Spencer has sent me a message. I'll read it to you because this will help you. This is what she said. I don't answer my phone unless I know the person calling, number one. Stop answering all the numbers you don't know. And stop answering the 1-800 numbers. And sometimes not even then, which is a good thought. Because now is not always a good time to answer every phone call, by the way. Now, if it's an emergency, they'll text you and say, hey, I need you right now. Something happened. You'll, you'll find out if it's an emergency. But understand it. Sometimes not even then. And I'm the same way. Let me just say this. Can I give you something that will help you with time wasters? This is a practical tip for those of you watching. Um, just make a list if you would, the iPhone makes it easy, and I'm sure other phones do. I don't know. I've never had one because I'm saved. But if you, if you, um, there's a favorites list here on the side. There's a favorites list. I only have four, eight. I only have ten people in my favorite. Of all the people I have on my phone, I got ten people in the favorites list. That's it. Yeah, and I can even turn that off if I want. So if you've got your phone on Do Not Disturb, you can set it so that only the favorites will ring through, but you can even set it, which I do sometimes, that nobody rings through. If I'm praying, if I'm getting ready, I'll set that Do Not Disturb to where even the favorites can't ring through. And I have one setup where only Carolyn's phone will ring through. And so it's, it's, it's very interesting to hear this, but you've got to make a list ahead of time of people that you will answer their calls immediately no matter what. I only have a few of those. Carolyn, I will answer her call. Um, my pastor, my father and mother, my cousin. Pretty much, that's it. And I might be missing somebody, and if you're watching, I apologize if you're offended. But I, I've, you have to make up your mind. Like, if I'm in the middle of something important, if I'm doing what the Lord's called me to do, if a phone call rings through, a part of that's honor, right? Part of that's honor. 
My wife's calling me. I'm not going to dishonor her and decline her call. My father's calling me. My mother's calling me. I'm not going to dishonor them and and decline their call. Uh, Unless I'm like in the middle of a broadcast and just can't talk. Obviously, it'll go to voicemail. If my pastor calls me, Bishop Rigg, I answer the phone. And if my cousin calls me, you know, if I have people that are in my life, obviously my, my family members, I could list my family members. But understand something. You make those things up in your mind ahead of time. And it helps to even put them on the favorites list. To say, you know what? If one of those people calls, I am going to answer. Look at that. Hello? Hello. Hey. Just wanted to see if you'd get my call. Yes. I said, okay. if, you, if you call. I know. I was testing you. Okay. I, I okay. answer your calls. Just, just making sure. Yes, I answer your calls. Thank you. I love you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Love you. <laughs> and there you go. And there you go. And so there's the thing. You know, if, if you are in the middle of something that's important, you've got to know that it's important to have those ahead of time sketched out. Because if not, then you're, you're going to sit there and think, oh, well, oh, you know, he's a buddy of mine. I better, I better answer this. I bet. And I've actually heard people say that very thing. They'll look at their phone for about three, five seconds and go, oh, I better, I better answer this. I better answer this. Let me tell you something. You better not answer it if you're in the middle of something important. I'll give you a book that'll help you. There's a book I read that was entitled The One Thing by Gary Keller. Is that right? Can we do a fact check? Gary Keller? Is that right? Gary Chandling? Not Gary Chandling. He was an actor. Uh, I think it's, is it Gary, Gary Keller? Gary Keller? Look at my mind. Look at the mind of Christ. Um, the One Thing by Gary Keller. I believe he's a Christian, but this was a, a best-selling book at, for the business section. But basically what he uh, teaches is this. Multitasking's a lie. That literally your focus has to be given to one thing or another. And he says, you know, people think they can do so many things well, you can't. He even proves statistically that if somebody comes by your kiosk or your desk or your cubicle at work and starts talking to you while you're in the middle of something, they said they could talk to you for three minutes. They said statistically it takes like 35 to 45 minutes for your mind to get back into the place it was before you were interrupted. And so I'm just telling you, you've got to guard your purpose. You've got to guard. If you're in a flow, I'm going to just tell you something. If I'm writing the books that I'm writing and putting out books for you guys, if I'm in the middle of writing, let me tell you, first of all, it's a glory moment when you can slip into a flow of writing, when you don't have uh, any kind of writer's block trying to hit you or anything, and you're in the flow of writing and it's just coming out of you. I would never, especially now after seven books, I would never, ever now allow my phone to be on in the middle of that flow. Because all it takes is one person to call or text you and you're like, dang, what was I writing about? What, what was that thing I was saying? And then you gotta get, you gotta find your way back into the flow again. And that's an important flow. It's part of your calling, your purpose. And so you gotta guard it, man. Don't let the Sambalat and Tobias of your life and of your day pull you out of your purpose. Your time is the most valuable resource you have. It never comes back. Your money can come back. Everything else can come back. Time never does. It's gone. Once it's gone, it's gone. Today will end, and then it's gone. And what you were able to do in today is all you could do in today. You'll never have today again. You'll never have it again. You won't get 2020 again. What you did in 2020 is stamped in time. You you won't get it again. That's why even how you react to stuff is important. Because when that situation comes and happens, how you react is stamped in time. It's like, oh, remember, remember how he, he reacted? Remember how she reacted during 2020, during the pandemic and all that? Remember how they reacted to that? And it's stamped in time. Stamped in time. And so I want you to hear this. It's very important for you. Consider the ant. How long? Notice this, uh, a very important a very important thing, and I don't know if I missed the rest of this by Pastor Rhonda. Nor do, she said, Pastor Rhonda said, I don't answer my phone unless I know the person, and sometimes not even then, nor do I have voicemail set up on my phone. Um, that's got to be your, your, your choice. 
But I'm just telling you, don't let your time be wasted. Look at this. I wanted you to direct your attention to this Proverbs 6 and verse um, 7. Talking about the ants. Listen to this. Without having any chief officer or ruler. Then it jumps into 8. She prepares bread in summer and uh, gathers food in harvest. You know what that means? You know what the Bible's saying to you right there? Your boss doesn't need to be looking over your shoulder to make sure you're working. That's what the Bible's actually teaching right there. The the ants have no officer, no chief, no ruler. Nobody's a taskmaster on the ants saying, get back to work. Your break's been long enough. You've been having coffee all day. Get back to work. Get back. Nobody has to stand over the ant and tell them to get back to work. That's the point the Bible's making. Having no chief, no officer, no ruler, they keep working. A self-motivated person will produce at expedited rates. And I'm going to tell you something. A a self-motivated person will produce at expedited rates. And I will say this also. Because one of the things people battle in their mind is that they battle this thought of, well, you know, I'm not really that talented. I'm not really that gifted. I'm not really, I don't have like the resource like so-and-so has. I'm not, I don't speak like so-and-so. I can't administrate like so-and-so. I can't do whatever. Let me give you an encouraging word. Very encouraging. Listen to this. A person with, I'll say it this way, a diligent or dedicated person with little gifting will far outperform a gifted person with no diligence or no dedication. I'm going to say that again so you get it. A diligent person with little gifting will far outperform a gifted person with little diligence. Let me give it to you one more time. I know it's a lot to, to take in. Let me say it one more time. A diligent person, disciplined, dedicated, with little gifting, will far outperform a gifted person with little diligence, little dedication. Because I don't care how gifted you are. If you don't work your gift, if you're not dedicated with your gift, if you're not diligent with your gift, see, this is the problem. And and let me give you a heads up. If you're in the industry, I ran for years my own graphic design, marketing, printing company. Uh, all that stuff. And I had so much work that I couldn't even keep my website up. I actually had to take my website down. I actually had to put it on a splash page that said uh, that only the people who knew me by word of mouth could get a hold of me because I couldn't, and I I didn't have any desire to expand it out because I was doing ministry as well at the church. I didn't have any desire to have all my time taken up uh, building out this other company because I knew I was called to full-time ministry. It was really, you know why I started it? I started it to have extra money to sow into the kingdom. I said, I'll dedicate the business to you, Lord. And if you give me, I want bigger seeds to sow. That's the only reason I did it. And he, he gives seed to the sower. So my business took off, took off. I was doing politicians all over the place, law offices. I mean, all kinds of businesses, uh, dojos and studios and everything. And, um, it was all by word of mouth. At that point, I had to take the website down. People were calling me left and right. I had a queue of things to get to, and money was coming in. And so uh, I started to realize uh, in the midst of doing all of that stuff that, listen, I couldn't, I couldn't keep it up uh, and continue to expand. I had so much work already that I wasn't going to, like, I literally wasn't going to, like, stop my ministry <laughs> in order to do secular business. But notice this. I worked in that industry. So let me give you a heads up for anybody that's a creative. Hear me right now. Hear me on this. Hear me. We're going to probably cut this section out and post it or something because this needs to be heard. If you are a creative, it means you're gifted and you're talented and you have that artful ability. Learn to work on a deadline. Let me help you. Learn to work on a deadline. Because one thing you'll find out, especially if you're a creative, art is never done. Writing is never done. You could tweak your writing for 20 years. You could tweak your art for 20 years. You know what's better than a perfected piece of art? A produced piece of art. 
Well, you know, I make videos for churches. I do websites for churches. I do it. You know what? Instead of keeping 40 years, people waiting for their website, because it just doesn't quite look the way I want it to look for you yet. We're tweaking the look, the design. How about just produce it and then tweak it as it's live? You know, I, I'm telling you, Caleb knows what I'm talking about. Caleb does. He used to do, and I may still do all of Dr. Rodney's television editing. But let me tell you something. Learn to work on a deadline. Learn to get the work done and out the door. It's better. It's better. And then let me, exactly. Evan said, done is better than perfect. And I totally agree. Done is better than perfect. And it doesn't mean you don't try to do your best. And it doesn't mean you're not uh, trying to excel in your craft. None of that. But you know what? At some point, at some point, you got to get the product to the table. Somebody that's paying you money to do the work is wanting a product in their hand. And so do the work. And if you're a creative, hear what I'm saying to you. Don't allow yourself in your, because you are creative, you are anointed. You do have that ability to be like Christ. But don't allow yourself to be um, held up in production, held up in your diligence by that mindset. Well, I got to keep, it's not right yet. It's not right yet. It's not right yet. It's not right yet. I'll be honest with you, and, and I've, I have to go back, because there's books that I, I've given myself a deadline for, and we worked and worked and worked. Listen, I could tweak that book for another eight months, but I realized it's got to get out the door. I told the people it's coming, it got to come to them. They need the book. It's a message that God told me to write. I've gone back even afterwards, and you know, gone back and had to fix it later. You know, and we comb through these projects, and we, we proofread, and we edit and copy edit. But I've still produced a book and gone back and found two or three spelling errors in the book, which I hate because I'm a perfectionist. But you know what's better? Is having the book out and people getting delivered from depression because they read the Word of God. I'll go back and re-edit the book, put out another edition with the two, three words spelled properly, which we should have caught, but I didn't. You understand what I'm saying? And so done is better than perfect because I'm trying to get something into somebody. You're trying to produce something you're called to produce. Let me finish here because I really want you to see this today. Jesus gave us a time management schedule for the gospel. He said in John 9, 4, we must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night is coming where no man can work. That's John 9, 4. Let me give you one more, Proverbs 22, 29. I mean, this, this is something I could talk about all day. I may talk about it again tomorrow in the morning. Proverbs 22 and verse 29. Do you see a man diligent in his work. He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. If you'll just learn to be diligent, and I mean that, just learn to be diligent. Use your time wisely. Don't let time wasters steal from you. And that's what they'll try to do. Don't let time wasters steal from you. Don't let them, and and let me tell you, they will try so hard, so, so hard. Um, And you've got to guard it. But watch these two things, same time. Guard your time, but once your time is guarded, be diligent with your time. Guard your time. Then be done. Once you've got the time that you've guarded and you've created yourself an open space, be diligent with that time that you have. See, because God didn't anoint you for nothing. He anointed you to produce. He anointed you to produce. And that's the key. I'm going to pray for you at the end of this broadcast. I feel like there's extra things that I'm going to bring back tomorrow morning. You're not going to want to miss part two of this. I'm going to bring it back tomorrow, 1030 a.m. Don't miss this because I'm going to teach us this week how through 2021 we're going to run, but we're going to run in production. We're going to run in uh, um, diligence. We're going to run and see impact in our ministries, in our businesses, our callings. We're going to run, but it takes practical application to be able to run. It takes practical application to be able to run. Let me, uh, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for every man, every woman that's watching or listening on the podcast I'm asking you now to give us, first of all, that viewpoint, that bold viewpoint, that what you've called us to do and who we are, it is important in the kingdom. It's not insignificant. It's important. 
And as we see ourselves in that way, we begin to understand we must guard what you've given us. Let us be like Nehemiah, Lord. Give us that boldness to tell others, I can't at this time. I can't do that right now. I don't have time for that right now. Give us the boldness, but with the gentleness and the kindness of the fruit of the Spirit to do it in such a way that we're Christ-like, but we are firm to say that we are going to do what God's called us to do. And then, Lord, give us a hunger and a passion to be diligent for what we're called to do. Don't let us miss our moment in the kingdom. Don't let us miss our ability to produce at the highest levels in 2021. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. If you believe it, somebody shout aloud, amen. Throw some fire in the comments. Throw some hands up. Let me know you're standing with me and believe it. Thank you, Janine, for sowing $50. Listen, those of you that are watching, follow Janine's lead and sow a seed today. I want to encourage you to take a minute and to thank you, Pastor Rhonda, for sowing. 100, I appreciate that very much. Those of you that are sowing seeds, you can use hashtag donate in the comments on Facebook or Periscope slash Twitter. Or if you're on YouTube or anywhere else, podcast, you can always go to miracleword.com and click the give link on the page. All of the options for giving are right there. PayPal, Cash App, Venmo. Uh, Carolyn told me for those that are asking, Zelle's going to be set up this week. So we'll be ready to go on that as well for those of you who like to transfer that way. Um, Thank you, Steph Mendez, for sowing a seed. Thank you, Pat Blade, for sowing a seed. We love you guys. Very much appreciate you. And uh, I'm telling you, this is a word that God has for us this week because things are getting ready to go quickly. We're getting ready to literally very quickly produce. And so I'm, I'm very excited about this. Chad, thank you for sowing a seed. Appreciate it very much. Those of you that are watching, this is going to help us. Our businesses, thank you, Jeff. And Mary Sue, appreciate you sewing. Listen, our, our businesses are getting ready to explode. Some of you, God's going to give you businesses. You're going to have your own company this year. You're going to have your own business this year. And let me just tell you something. You're not just going to have your own. It's going to be blessed in Jesus' name. And so I want to say thank you to everybody that's sewing. Thanks for partnering. For the month of February, as you know, for everybody that's partnering at $85 or more, we're going to be sending you Brother Hagin's book, um, Understanding the Anointing. We love this book. Powerful, powerful book by Brother Hagin. And of course, everybody that's sowing uh, $1,000 or more, we're going to be sending you the Life Application Study Bible, Genuine Leather. Uh, all we need you to do if you're sowing to receive those is to go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and, uh, and, and fill out the form so we know where to send it and let us know how you gave. We love you. Thank you for hanging today. Thank you for sharing if you haven't done so already. We appreciate you so much. We love you so much. We'll see you again tonight, 6.30 p.m. New York City time. We're live, Boomerang Church, Kickstart 21. Don't miss these services this week. If you can get here, get here. People driving in from all over the place, all the details are at miracleword.com. Click the schedule page. Join us live in Revival. I love you. Have a blessed and a powerful day. I'll see you tonight. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.